Welcome to Arisha Land. We are vibing today and we're really going to get back to basics and talk about cannabis, simply the ingredient. We have been involved in cannabis as deeply as anyone has. We're product manufacturers, we have grows indoor, outdoor, we're not just selling flowers, we're selling elixirs, and we've dealt with health issues with people, and we've seen it all with the cannabis field. But right now, if you go to a dispensary, if you go to a CBD store, it just seems like the field is so confusing and weird, full of paradoxes and contradictions. And there just seems to be an awful lot of people who pretend to like cannabis, but really only like the money. <laughs> yeah, like the government. They say that it's safe banking, yet they never even have made it possible for anyone to get started. So cannabis is legal. This will not be the end. Look at the taxes. They just want money. You go to a dispensary, Ari, how much are we paying in taxes? I'll say at least 15%. So, yeah, we're all looking at the government to legalize cannabis. So, I guess I'm just a little bit more um, critical and less hopeful of this because they said they were going to give us safe banking and never did. They say they're going to legalize it, but I'm sure there's going to be a county tax, a state tax, and a federal tax once it becomes legal. So. The I government mean, is, is not doing us any justice. Just look at what they're doing in gas. In some states, it looks like you need to be rich just to buy gas. The government does not have our best interests in hand, you know, so we have to take it upon ourselves. Today, we have a special guest. We're bringing on Chuck Science because he's factual. And remember, he has been at the pioneering stages of creating sports nutrition and comparing it to the vitamin industry. This is just another ingredient. Ari, I want to go ahead and drink this lovely French whiskey from your vacay named Chivalry. Hey. <laughs> and we have some more exciting news because our store, Philly Streets, is opening. Woo! Opening this week. Project 848 by Suge Knight. So, guys, be on the lookout for that. Pick up your glassware. Pick up your bongs. Pick up your weed over there. Philly Streets 848. Speaking of picking up bongs, which bong are you picking off to blast off this celebration? Ooh, I'm going to do that. It is what it is. 848 bong. This is the hottest bong available on the website, and we had a really good time putting together some of the phrases. Like, this is what they say. It is what it is. So now you can have your very own Project 848 bong. Yeah, I just love that it's sandblasted, so I don't see any of the grodiness that often comes like with a lot of bong use. And I love just seeing like Shook's face in here, the dimension, and everything about it is just so cool. So I can't wait for our wonderful listeners to reach out to us and order your own today. Welcome to Arisha Land, a cannabis industry immersive experience. I'm Ari. And I'm Sha. We're Arisha. Hi, Ari. Hi, Sha. <laughs> to Here's love and passion, passion and, and making magical, magical podcasts podcast happen. happen. Arisha. Arisha. 
so let's ask the oldest person we know in cannabis who's fully immersed in cannabis every day and ask him, can he make any sense of what's going on in the cannabis field right now? Is it going to be legalized? Should it be legalized? Is the government going to help us? Are states helping cannabis? I mean, are the people who are giving out cannabis even helping cannabis? I mean, can you make some sense of this? Let's introduce Chuck Science. Welcome on Chuck Science. Hey there. How you doing today? We're lovely as ever. <coughs> Getting low, low. <laughs> What a great intro Ari did bringing you on in because we really get fired up and when people out there confuse us, we always come to you like, how can this be? And that's why we love having this podcast to educate. Absolutely. Would you like a bong hit? Oh, I'll pass for right now. What? <laughs> how about some of my chivalry? <laughs> no, I'll pass No that sippy too. sip? Oh, man. How can you do this lace, straight lace? Are you on the drops? Uh, actually, not yet this morning. No. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, if you don't want to smoke and you don't want to drink, how about you do some drops? I can do that. I actually, if you count 2 o'clock this morning as today, then I did some of the, um, well, I have my own special uh, mixture of Delta 8 and CBN drops. Uh, mm. It was my own private stock, but yes, I did do them at 2 o'clock. Cool. <laughs> well, how did that help you sleep? Mm, it, it's a very good product. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to release our very own CBN product this week for and all it, of our it, it really is a wonderful product. I mean, it's the regular human version of what I'm taking at night. I take <laughs> higher amounts of things because I'm always testing things and my tolerance is much higher than the average um, person. But yeah, this, this regular person product is amazing. 10 milligrams per dose over a, over a 30 dose bottle. And a great price, super affordable, really the best solution. If anybody's going into the supermarket to buy, you know, some product for sleep or something, uh, nah, <laughs> this is the sleep product for sure. And those um, of you that are out there in the digital world and you can't sleep all night, for we're calling this other product Insomnia, which is a higher dose. It's 25 milligrams, a one milliliter dropple in a 15 milliliter bottle. So you'll have 15 servings. Fifteen dropplefuls. Whoa, <laughs> dropples! I love this new word. Did I make? Did I say dropple? Yeah, I love it. Okay, so someone out there is gonna be like, new word of the week, dropple. That's okay. <laughs> We've only been smoking weed all morning. <laughs> new products, dropples, coming right up. <laughs> so, what am I here to talk about today? Today, we're gonna talk about the field of cannabis and cannabis using it as an ingredient going back to the basics because it just seems like a lot of people out there right now only are pretending to like cannabis because they think that there's a lot of money to be made in it but what about going back to liking cannabis as an ingredient it came across my desk way 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 long ago when it saved my life um you know as a youth um but yeah, I, I think I see where you're going here. Everything is so confusing out there right now about cannabis because it's almost impossible to figure out. Like, really, where's the money grab? Where's the re real versus fake? Where's the, you know, known versus really unknown? Um, it's very, very difficult. And the funny thing is, I'm 
literally in a position that no one that I know of in the world is in. And that's someone who is intimately knowledgeable of cannabis and all the cannabis marketing and, and techniques and product developments and, and everything. I think that's fair to say after thousands of products. Um, and also intimately in, in, in you know, knowledgeed and knowledgeable about the vitamin industry and the supplement industry, having literally been the grandfather of sports supplements. Right. And today, um, I know I heard you mention that you were paying homage to the Philadelphia Streets store that is opening up. And that store, um, you know, is co-owned and managed by uh, Tracy. And Tracy's been on this show. And um, any of you who don't know Tracy, she literally is has been a pioneer in preserving and hopefully expanding the rights that everyone has to enjoy whatever substance they choose to enjoy today, whether it be a vitamin, whether it be cannabis, whether it be mushrooms or anything that could come down the road. So this is a particularly interesting, um, you know, like match to be able to talk about the store opening this week. Yeah. And also this wonderful, uh, you know, like point in history that has brought today forward. And Tracy really is someone who who took the arrow in the back. Yes. <laughs> you know, she like, definitely has. Like, you know, took the arrow in the back in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and not just, oh, a spanking on the back, but a real arrow in the back. Um, so, you know, this is, I, I'm particularly happy to be on to pay homage to her as well in opening this store because it really shows that no one's ever going to die on the streets, you know, mm -hmm. and that the centralized authority, as hard as they want to slap it and slap it and slap it, that ultimately, you know, we'll find our way. So let's talk about that now. I mean, what do you guys, you, you guys are new to the world, really, of right. marketing and things <laughs> like that. Sadie, of course, you've been around for years. Um, and, and Ari, you're, you're relatively new, but none of you guys were able to see that, um, you know, a lot of what's happening within cannabis today happened within nutrition back in the 70s and 80s, okay? Like right now, today, you see all these gigantic nutrition stores out there, right? I mean, you know, mm -hmm. how many can you name offhand? Oh, gosh. I see them in almost every plaza. Uh, yeah. Guess what? 20 years ago, there were a heck of a lot more. <laughs> okay? Uh, but 20 years before that, there were hardly none. Okay? I mean, it was you didn't even see nutrition being sold in a grocery store. All right? Um, because there weren't gigantic grocery stores if we go back 50 years. I mean, they just started coming out onto the market. Nutrition was a very uh, scattered field like cannabis is today. Certain things were legal, but certain things were illegal, all right? Kind of like with cannabinoids today. Mm -hmm. Certain things are legal, legal like CBN, CBD, etc., but not other things like, <laughs> like THC, um, you know, Delta 9 right. coming from marijuana. You know, and then there's a lot of things in the gray area, <laughs> you know, and that was where nutrition was back in the 70s and 80s. No one knows that because no one was around. You know, the people who are around in cannabis, all right, back in the 70s and 80s, they haven't migrated over to nutrition today, you know. 
they've either been beaten down, yeah, blown up, yeah, or they've stayed with it and they've become OGs, you right. know, in the field. Mm-hmm. All right, people who were big into vitamins back then didn't really migrate into cannabis at all because they were really corporate entities. <laughs> I was the only nut. You know, I was, <laughs> you're the you're the one that's gonna try it, the uh, yeah. guinea pig. You know, I mean, I literally, you know, you know the phrase "nuts among the berries." I really felt like a berry among the nuts, you know, because <laughs> I was out there preaching the truth right. when other people were preaching silliness. Yeah, and that's why right. you got out of the medical because you wanted real health, not drugs. Correct. So, you know, what do you guys feel about? Let me ask you a question. Um, do you? Do you guys take vitamins at all? Yes, at night. A multivitamin. Okay, so you take a vitamin at night. Um, do you know other people who take vitamins? Um, I mean, yeah. Just like out of regimen. You know, normally older people. When you go into the gym, or do you think people are taking vitamins in there? Do you see people like buying vitamins for the gym and things like that? Well, I haven't been in a gym in a while. <laughs> I mean, I usually see people just buying, like, protein Protein, stuff. you think, like, supplements versus Yeah, vitamins. I mean, anything. Like food. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of become extraordinarily commonplace, right? Mm-hmm. For people to, let's just talk about a gym for a minute, working out. I mean, more people take some type of supplement that work out than don't, right? Would, right. would you agree with that? Yeah. Almost everyone who joins a gym and exercises takes something. They feel like it's the thing to do. Like, okay, join the gym. Check mark. Take a supplement. Even if it's just a protein mark. powder. Yeah. Now they may actually continue to take the protein powder when they don't go work out. Right. Because it's like <laughs> because it's, it's a, easier, more convenient. They still feel like you they're, know, doing they're doing something. something all yeah. Right? <laughs> so you guys agree, right? I mean, it, it's fairly ubiquitous. If you're going to work out. You pretty much have taking one or more products. There's people in the gym taking seven, eight, nine products. You know that. Yeah. Right. And they're, they're stacking, stacking monster loads exactly. of products. We're going to do this and that and this and that. And it's like okay, they can't work out uh, unless they do it. Let's spin back to 1982. I was too. You could not walk into mm. a gym in America, including Gold's in California, and buy a nutritional supplement. Except for one, Beverly International. Beverly International was a MLM company, and they had one pretty beefed-up dude who had young legs, even though he was about 40, and he covered the darn country, putting Beverly International into gyms as an MLM. But there were no legitimate you know, products built for anybody who was in a gym or exercising back in 1982. None. Zero. All right? Even weeder products weren't sold in gyms. Okay, Weeder might have had the only gym product out, but they weren't sold in gyms. They were sold in sporting goods stores. Mm. (laughs) Okay, so even Weeder products weren't sold in gyms. And people generally never took them. All right, and why do I bring that up now? All right, the reason I bring that up now is because back then, it was unheard of to be able to find a product somewhere. Today, they're ubiquitous. Right. All right. Same thing's happening with cannabis, believe it or not. Okay. But we ran the same regulatory nightmares, all right, back then with vitamins as we're running there. Now, I know the route because I'm the guy that brought 
these products into gyms. Right. I brought Twin Labs into gyms. I brought my own company, Pioneer Biosciences, into gyms. Right. All right. We brought Metabolife. We brought everything under the world into gyms. All right. We right. created that industry. We brought it into the supermarkets. You helped we brought people it from a seven hundred $700 million industry to a $30.6 billion industry before we got bored with it, um, literally. So I know that process. There was nobody more dynamic and central to the marketing of these products than, than you. I yeah. was. Everyone knows that. I remember you marketing and help formulating for Irwin Naturals and Every all of the bodybuilders. Probably like, 70% of the products I touched the sweet in one sweat, all the social or stuff. another. It's been you all along so and that's what's fascinating. I know when I talk about how two things start to smell and sound and look alike that they probably are. All yes. right, but I'm the only one I know that's in a position to look at that. So, so let's talk about yeah, that with the as an ingredient. All right, because basically right now, what everything that's happening out there is just nonsense. All right, the same nonsense that happened in the 70s and 80s with vitamins. It's the, oh, we're going to, uh, believe it or not, it used to be hard to get a bank account if you're a vitamin company. In fact, it's hard again if you're a vitamin company to get. There's certain banks like Chase that'll limit your banking if you sell uh, dietary supplements, etc. You know that. I You've remember, yes, absolutely. And I remember starting in like uh, one account, it was like 2009. It was so So guess what? Crazy. You still have parallels. And still, the only reason because of is health. Like they the government doesn't control this industry the same way that they control other kinds of industries. They're trying to get a grip and on it. You know, the health industry is way more under their control. All right. You know, there's a lot of industries that are tied to the nutrition industry, tied to the cannabis industry that they have way more control over. With cannabis, they just tried to limit it. And all this banking stuff that you see, it's all idiotic nonsense for the birds. All right. Every time the, the banking act is there, it's passed and then it's taken out at the last second. I know. And it's put it's in ridiculous. and taken out. How many out podcasts have we celebrated this or talked about Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and how many times is the same? darn bill going to be introduced about making uh, cannabis legal and how blah, blah, blah. The reality is almost every single darn thing in the world is going towards states' rights right now. Abortion is going to be a states' rights thing. Crypto is going to be a state rights thing. So people thing. are just going to be moving all over? All these things are going to be states' rights and all of a sudden cannabis isn't going to be a states' right issue? But does that mean like people themselves, Gambling is a states' right issue right you're now. You're going to be moving around based on what what your state is allowing to do now. So everyone's going to have a, a massive That's uproot. your real problem. <laughs> your real problem life. isn't with cannabis and legislature and this. They're going to continue to piddle around and diddle around and every other word around you want because you're never going to get it fully legal, 
fully commoditized. So you're not going in and spending. Right now, Ari, you were very, very, very generous when you said 15% because most of the time you're paying 20 to 22% when you yeah, go taxes. in and, and get. Now, when the feds drop their tax on top of But I think she has a medical card, that, right? I think she has a medical card. I do card, have a medical so card. So she gets like a little discount. In some cases, in some, she, gets, yes. she gets to pay the regular sales yes. tax. Okay? Yeah. Do you think that... You're going to have the regular federal sales tax and the regular state sales tax and the regular no. county tax on this. Do you think this is ever going to be fully legalized where everybody can bank it and it's going to be a fully commoditized thing where you can walk into a regular store without regulation and buy this so you can take it home and juice it and da-da-da-da-da, etc. That's what needs to happen. That will never happen under the present system, period. But if we think it's about true. basics and we think about what we want to do and our intentions of free the weed and like starting with seeds, it's one way we can help people at least begin. Okay. Uh, but absolutely, it's not us but you have the government. to understand. Just, we just don't want to be bothered. That people are still afraid of the simple narrative. Oh. All right, let's talk about um, let's talk about a foreign country. I mean, you know, we heard this week a couple of people talking and we, we asked them, you know, where do you really want to go? And, you know, they, they said Thailand is yeah, a place they really want to live. well-traveled people. To live, and they said, right. you know, Thailand is, is really cool, et cetera. All right, let's talk about Thailand and cannabis. What happened this week, guys, with Thailand? This week, they decided that everyone should really be growing their own cannabis at home. But that's great, right? Time, yeah, it's great. It's so great. But at the same time, they're going back and saying, "Well, it's still illegal for all of our citizens to be high and smoking and use it." So they want them to grow it, but do what with it when they grow it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just a big cover up, honestly, to say like, "Oh, we're still a strict government." But so everyone, this is more of the confusing <laughs> matters at hand. Like, why are we confusing? It's like I want you can do it, but you can't. Like, why, why are there all these double messages and everything everywhere? Well, they're all afraid the time. of the... Yes and no. How can you be yes and no at the same time? Like, yes and no. How can you be yes and no at the same time? Imagine a couple who were, were yes having no. problems talking about intimate issues. Yes and okay? no. And the male and the female were really having genuine problems. And they thought that, you know, that, that solving this communication issue about, you know intimate things might improve their marriage and make everything great. But every time um, the wife would bring something up, the husband would get all embarrassed and run out of the room. Alright, how much do you think they're really going to get accomplished? There's no progress. There's never going to be any progress. Well, that's cannabis. and We can't talk. If we say the word marijuana, some people get mortified. Some people get embarrassed. All right. Um, I want you because I happen to be a fly on the wall Thursday afternoon at lunch. You guys had asked me to come and talk about the new, um, you know, CBN product. Okay. So you were, you were nice enough to bring my slightly inebriated high self um, at that point uh, after testing the product. And I was just quietly sitting at the table. 
All right, but here's the fear of cannabis. I saw it in an instant. You guys were, you, you, you liked your waitress. She was a nice kid. She, she was seemed a fireball. super culturally appropriate, all right? And yeah. you wanted to gift her um, a, a couple of the products that you guys sometimes gift From you know, our people who you like. Dashboard. So tell the story because this is classic about how people are afraid of talking of, about <laughs> cannabis, you know? And it, it's not meant to embarrass any person or anything because everybody does it in their own way yeah. in some manner, shape, and form. But until we get over this, we're never really going to be able to engage properly. So tell the story because it's cute. And I, I love to watch it because she was a genuinely sweet person who I wish what didn't have that initial fear. Which she got over quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was a very nice waitress, and we introduced ourselves, and we wanted to order some drinks, but, you know, of course, Chuck was walking around a little high and just kind of acting a little goofy, I guess. <laughs> but it was okay, so we kind of had to explain it to her, like... He's just a little bit high, like, don't don't mind him. He's just going to kind of, like, wander around in space right now. He's just high. <laughs> He's fine. He's okay. He's not crazy. And he was happy. <laughs> <laughs> so when she was like, okay, I understand. Yeah, I like, asked him to check on the whiskey selections, whiskey and bourbon. I'm like, I'm feeling like a celebration. Please go see what they have. Versus just looking at the menu because sometimes they're out of things. So I was like, just yeah. go eyeball the bar for me. Yeah, but he was doing it in a very high way and bumping into things and whatever. And she was she cracking was up. Just and then her, about it. then her New York came out, and I that was her a wrap. Accent. That was so cute. So we had to ask her since we had a few goodies in our car, like, do you do cannabis too? <laughs> <laughs> Because, of course, like, hey, it's it's a group community thing. Like, we want to just spread the love and spread the peace and yeah. cannabis and weed, free to weed. So she was like, no, I don't do any cannabis. Like, but it was quick. Like, it was quick. Like, it, was it was a practice. quick no. Uh, no, I used to, but it was I not. I used to, but... <laughs> I was like, no, I don't do any cannabis, so but my abrupt. husband, because my husband's in the military, he doesn't do any cannabis, so we quit together, and I was like, oh my god, okay, um, but then we just got to talking to her a little bit more, and then I she, think I went out to the car anyway, I said, don't, it doesn't matter, I'll still go get some things, because maybe you can pass some along to friends, yeah, and she was really quick to say, I have a great stoner friend, and yeah. I'm gonna call her right now, but she only takes two hits of a joint, she's like, so high, she's just like, <laughs> Girl, like, how do you even get high off two hits of a joint? So it's like, I knew she was a stoner, like, low-key. Yeah. Like, of course, real stoners Arisha know that. confessions. <laughs> and then she confessed to us, like, yeah, I actually started, like, smoking Smoke weed when I was 11. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? My husband just got drug tested last week. I'll take all these products. Yeah, we gave her the joysticks, which are the aphrodisiac blend for couples, for lovers. Yes, and she was so excited. I mean, she said she was going to give it to her friend, but I think she went and took it home and spoke Yeah, she took our card, and we just want to be that little pay-it-forward type of person or people as Arisha so it's one but she was a in your very, life she was a very dedicated yeah. cannabis person she'd been using it since 11 years old and yes. she was turning 24 
All right, so more than half her life she was on cannabis. She herself right? likes it and, and enjoys. Yeah, and she limited her use because her, her she wanted to career. do it along with her husband for her career. But, yeah. you know, she was afraid of secondhand smoke or whatever. So she said, oh, he just got tested. The secondhand smoke won't be that big of a deal. You know, so who knows if she used it herself or, or yeah. But she was so quick to suddenly start telling the story of cannabis when she realized you were cool, we were cool and telling about how important it was for her and her development as a person yeah. and other things like that. And that's the point. Unless people can get to that point, and fortunately she was cool, So, and you're cool, so that connection could be made. But that connection isn't made with a parent of a child and the principal. That connection, <laughs> yeah, you know, right? Or, or, or it's a, a teacher, and you know, and somebody delivering the linen or something like mm. that, you know. And until we can connect on this, the same way we connect can connect about boba, boba, <laughs> which I is just uh, darn tapioca. All right, but you know? there's a little boba with a twist, and it's like another spot where you can go. That's not but, coffee. But why haven't? Why don't we attack? tapioca as being the <laughs> most wicked thing in the world you know why cannabis <laughs> yeah. because cannabis is actually the one thing that we all need as you know an what ingredient. i need to roll up Retweet. where's my cannabis That's i need to roll up i'm gonna roll up Retweet. using a hemp wrap thank you chat science yeah i agree <coughs> testify <coughs> And honestly, I think cannabis is just one thing that a lot of people really can connect on. It's how I, when I first started smoking weed, I was able to go out and connect with my cousins even more but, because they're the ones that introduced me to but it. But you're only connecting with people that you know, like, and trust that are similar to you that are this. And, and that's the problem, that you're not connecting the same way as, as somebody, um, you know, the other day. When, when I was wandering around um, the container park, all right, oh, yeah. I had some lavender shorts on, and I walked into the boba place, and I was as I was standing there, all manners of people were buying boba, you know? One guy looked like a, one of the, um, definitely one of the kids from the draft, <laughs> you know, who were in town that oh, weekend. Right. Um, yeah. Another one, you know, looked very alternative. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, who knows? <laughs> no, they could have been Martian for all I know. <laughs> and I was there. The An container park in Las Vegas hair. is very artsy. <clears throat> the container park in Las Vegas is very artsy. And it's basically trained containers that are all individual businesses. Some are double floor, but it's very intriguing and very exciting. But the, the boba place had every type of person in there under the sun, you know? You, they were all somehow communicating with each other over boba, you know? Or over <laughs> vegan stuff or over this or over that, you know? Whether, you know, that vegans will, vegans have this discussion with each other, even if, even if, there's different levels of that discussion, like true, true vegans mm -hmm. are going to definitely <laughs> run if somebody's eating butter cookies and they say they're a vegan, <laughs> you, know? Um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, Don't they, forget those Oreos. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's different levels of conversation, but we don't have that in cannabis. Yet, this is the most important ingredient. And I there mean, should be oxygen, water, <laughs> cannabis... These are critical things, and people are going to say, what? Oxygen, water, cannabis? Did you lose your mind? This guy must be totally a weed head. But for people who really know 
what cannabinoids are, you understand that they literally, literally are <laughs> the motor oil of the engine of your body. Right. <laughs> if your cannabis levels, all right, the cannabinoid levels are too low in your body, then it, the same thing is going to happen to, to you as the engine of your car if you let your oil levels get too low. All right, what's going to happen is it's going to seize up and be useless. The same thing that happens to your body. And guess what? During high periods of stress, thermal stress from too much heat or too much cold or too much activity, you need more oil. All right. Same thing with the body during stress of more activity or illness or str or just stress of mental and emotional things. You need more cannabinoids. We know today that we should no more leave our home without an adequate supply of cannabinoids oh, than yeah. we should get in our car and drive it without an adequate amount of oil in the engine. Why would you do it? You know the outcome. Your engine's going to explode. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you aggravation. It's going to cost you money. All just to put oil in your engine? The only person who doesn't do that is an idiot. <laughs> Let's go to cannabis. I love cannabis. The only person who does do it is a genius. Woo! Literally. <laughs> Yet it's the same thing. <laughs> Without cannabinoids, your engine is gonna blow up. <laughs> That's homeostasis, folks. That's not my opinion. That is the opinion of science. I it's love science. the opinion of all allied sciences. You guys remember, Sadie, you're a runner. Yes. And you I, love to go out there. Ari used to cross-country run before right. you broke your leg. And all right? do, you remember everybody said when you get that runner's high, it's all opiates, right? Oh, my God. Now, what do you know it is? What has modern science told you? No, folks, it's not opiates. It's our endocannabinoids going off. They it's, are rocking and rolling. It's THC. It's yeah. natural THC telling it's your brain in our body better than ever. Like, wow, you, you've got to this point where you can now release it because you've put in the time and the effort that's why I get out and run I feel that to boost my body and using cannabis in the morning before our workouts is the best way to wake up we wake up and we use a little cannabis before our runs before our workouts but we use cannabis every day and it's the best way to actually improve your body yeah, day I mean, 20 just 20 minutes of anything active yeah you don't need to run for two hours to get a, a Keep runner's it simple. high, just supplement with a little bit of THC and just you'll literally 20 get that minutes. runner's high. But let, let me ask you a question, Ari. This is, this is very relevant. If we gave uh, an IQ test, all right, to a group of 100 people, this is a serious, a serious question. I mean, I want you to answer it seriously, like anybody would. If we gave an IQ test um, to 100 people in a room, all right, let's say there were 125-year-olds in a room, Okay, and then we walked into a room with a hundred philodendron plants. All right, and we gave them an IQ test. Mm -hmm. All right, who do you think would score higher? I mean, 
I'd have to say the people. The, the people, plants, right? The plants write. aren't talking to you. The plants aren't this. The plants aren't that. People are, 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 we have to assume people are smarter than plants, right? Yeah. I mean, don't we have to assume that? Of course. You know, but I, I kind of question this a little bit. All right? I really do. Because the plant seems to know what we need better than we know what we need. I mean, literally. Like, we, the plant tells us. We need it. And there's some magic draw between the plant and cannabis. Because let's face it, cannabis isn't the most powerful. It's not like you come across cannabis and you get launched in some too heavenly euphoria where you're, you're kissing, this, you know, the Christ you know, memory. And, and so no, no, no. I mean, come on. Cannabis is an ingredient. It isn't the be-all and end-all resurrection of, of consciousness and planetary knowledge uh, of all time, or blah, 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 blah. All right, it's just a simple ingredient. I mean, cripes, Sadie, you've seen me synthesize things out of uh, regular, uh, you, know, um, you know, ornamental plants uh, yeah. that, that got people way higher than, than cannabis did, all right? Just out of regular ornamental plants that you grow orchids, yeah. You drove exactly. people crazy drove with orchids. I drove myself crazy with orchids. I think you made some, like, super party formula that had people lit and ready to <laughs> roar. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> that was we had to put that ago. formula on hold because it was, like, just ready to make you go crazy. So, you know, but this is just a simple ingredient, yet we have some magical pull to it like we want to fight for it we want to die for it <laughs> you know what i mean like we really do and people want to keep it from us it's like the ultimate comic book good versus evil only cannabis isn't the evil it's actually the good we yeah. reversed it and all these do-gooders who think that cannabis is actually bad for people are actually keeping medicine and needed things out of people's hands. And all they need to do is read the same damn science. They wouldn't do it with their car. And I don't understand it. Except for we're afraid to talk about it in real words. Yeah. We can't talk about, about anything in a school anymore. You think we can go and talk about... about you can't talk about... About God or about chimpanzees or about alternative feelings about your that. sexuality? You think you can go in and talk about cannabis now? Oh my lord! They're, they'll burn the book! They want to hide everything <laughs> under the rug. They want like, to hide everything. My god! They want to put a shush I mean, yet on everything. This substance. I've watched it. You've watched it. We're you talk to people it. who have saved their lives when they were in hospices, including myself. We have a and song I didn't about even it. No, I was giving cannabis. Now, Chuck, let's let's just segue a little bit. Like you know, he's very, very, very passionate. LTNA passion. I'm not passionate for you, cannabis. I'm passionate against stupidity. Yeah, you want people. To not be so critical over something that is so simple. This is Mother Nature. It was gifted to us, and we just really want to bring it back to the basics. Go into your spice cabinet, walk into your kitchen. If you could imagine, close your eyes and see ground up, you know, cannabis right there next to your basil. Or we have dried basil on our kitchen counter because we like to cook with fresh ingredients. You have cannabis just there. You can sprinkle it on a salad. Think 
basic terminology. And Chuck, what year was that? Because he was in a hospice situation very earlier 80, in his life. I think the there was an article of in, in I think in eighty seven in the Philadelphia in 19, Inquirer. There was an article, nineteen eighty seven. The Philadelphia Inquirer. Please go Google on your own Charles Stebbins vitamins or something like that because he was fighting for the vitamin industry at that time. I thought it was a vitamin that saved me. I didn't even know it was cannabis. Yeah, I was, went into vitamins and $25 billion in sales later, I find out that it was actually cannabis that saved me. Cannabis saved his what? life in a hospital <laughs> situation. <laughs> How does that happen? Right. I know. You don't even know this story. You know, because I'm not a tell drama guy. I don't run around and talk to, and tell the story. Well, you have a platform. A this is Arisha Land. It's a podcast. It's a podcast, and you have a forum, and you know, I mean, to a make a long story short, hearing about. to make a long story short, I had a very, um, what was considered to be at the time, a very rare blood disease where I went from 220 pounds to 122 pounds in about three and a half months. Um, you know, then they finally diagnosed it with a type of blood cancer, which was never truly confirmed, but one thing led to another and I ended up in a hospice. Um, uh, a certain individual didn't really believe that I should die, um, you know, and believed that a lot of the, uh, problems I had was toxicity from my, uh, lifestyle. And so <laughs> as I laid in the hospice ready to pass, she threw everything away and just brought in the most god-awful gruel that she cooked, which was a macrobiotic diet and some of the most god-awful tasting drink stuff that I thought was some herbal mixture that she grew in her garden and maybe mixed with some dirt. <laughs> but in any event, I, I weighed 122 pounds. I couldn't decide if I wanted milk or water. Uh, you know, I could barely swallow and, uh, you know, anything she poured down my throat, I couldn't really fight. And uh, one thing led to another, and I passed my expiration date, <laughs> which is the reason why I'm such a sour guy, I guess. You know, I lived past my expiration date. And, you know, I was able to, you know, get better and get stronger. And a couple months later, I'm 165. Another couple months later, I'm 200. And, and yo, lo and behold, I'm back. I, de I decided that natural medicine had saved me and that the field of vitamins, which she kept telling me were, was everything I was doing, was the most important thing. What I didn't realize at the time was she just didn't want to tell me I was taking cannabis, all right, in, in ground form. In other words, she wasn't giving me, um, you know, like a, an edible or something like that. This was, this was really juiced cannabis, all right, juiced hemp, juiced marijuana. Maximum right. cannabinoids. Yes, okay. So I didn't know at the time, but it tasted like green death, you know? <laughs> um, but it was really green life. <laughs> and many, many, many years later, after I get into cannabis, all right, I get a note laughing at me saying, hey, you know, you think you found cannabis, but actually cannabis is smarter than you. Cannabis found you many years ago that that was cannabis you drank. Whoa. Okay. Now I've seen cannabis save people's lives like Tyler and other people who, who a lot of, who've been on your podcast, right. et cetera, who, who definitely are not dramatizing a story for personal gain or anything like that. They were people who were afraid to talk at the start, you know, um, not with this, but just afraid to talk to their families about being saved by cannabis. Absolutely. And their families. Uh, he was afraid to tell their family that cannabis saved Tyler's them. testimony You know what I mean? Like, whoa. Okay. Truly miraculous. That's how deep this 
language problem goes. But, but my point is, this plant might be smarter than us because somehow it keeps pulling us in and somehow we keep wanting it to be part of our lives because it needs to be, all right? That I'm going to say that, that cannabis really is, to me, probably definitely a lot older. <laughs> For all we know, cannabis was one of the original plants on Earth. I mean, who the hell really truly knows? We just saw the baobab tree in Senegal with our friend Wasa. So to see a tree like that and to know Wasa in person and to see that there are trees humongous. We live here in the United States and maybe I haven't traveled the world, but oh my goodness, to see a tree of life like hey, that. Hey, my family, my family grew up living among Nature. those roots. That's yeah. what my name actually means. It, it means stump puller. Okay, wow. in, in old English, all right? So our original family job was to dig under the roots and live in holes. <laughs> and wow. I mean, I get trees. I get stumps just like... So then that is the root Hardcore inside us, yes. And I honestly look at cannabis and I think, man, there's probably an intelligence here we don't understand. <laughs> it's a lot beyond us. I want to go see the Rick and Morty episode when it gets made where the cannabis plants take over. You know, Arisha like land. literally, because the cannabis plants ought to take over. Um, like literally, they ought to take over. And if they <laughs> did, they would commoditize themselves <laughs> for the good of <coughs> us because they share. <laughs> yeah, that's the nature of them. They're a community plant, and, I and think we that's can't even voice. understand that. Why would this plant here? We're going to anthropomorphize a cannabis plant. Why would this cannabis plant sacrifice itself for us? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can't even understand that oh because my God. we can't understand the concept of sharing truly. But if you think about the cannabis plant, it is really so unique because it is to be shared all over the world. There's reasons that it grows in from in locations from Hawaii to all the way the you know, near mountains in regions like Nepal. Like yeah. there's reasons it grows all over the world. The cannabis plant will take a bullet for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> don't ask yourself, seriously. Don't ask yourself out there too many questions about relationships in your life if you really believe that those people would step in front and take a bullet for you. <laughs> All right. You might find that you think that some of those, you know, chivalrous relationships that you believe in aren't so chivalrous after all. But the cannabis plant is going to sacrifice itself for you. And you're going to say, then you're going to argue, well, it's just a freaking plant. It's not set. And I'm going to say, no, we already established the plant has more intelligence than us. <laughs> you can't understand its intelligence. You, and that's why you want to fight it. And, and I, I just think, look, this is the engine oil. Yeah. Why would the federal government come through and say that engine oil was not allowed to be used in cars anymore because of the, the current petroleum crisis? There's got to be alternatives. Come up with one. Don't say that. It's stupid. And they wouldn't. But they'll say it about cannabis, even though it's equally stupid. Right. Yeah. In fact, more stupid. Yeah. Because a car can be replaced by your body, can't, idiot. 
Right. Yeah, your body cannot be replaced. <laughs> if you're not putting cannabinoids inside of your body, your endocannabinoid system is going to be going And, and pick your hill. death, all right? A quick seizure of the car or a slow pain? Oh, death by a thousand cuts with running out of cannabis. I just want to cross... Either one's not good. Cross, like, and just think... Have the listeners think about this for a moment because we talk about this a lot among our ages, like 23 and free, you know, 42. This is my year, Ari says. I'm 66. Chuck, the mad scientist, who now has a very personal relationship with cannabis. That's where I truly want to focus on because... Chuck, you've come from such a intelligent background with product formulating. You're always so deep in the science, like so deep where we take your science and we make it fun. We take your science and we make it trendy for, you know, the everyday person. But your personal experience with cannabis, when you crossed over from a simple educator to now a recreational user and medicinal because you are coming off of an injury like can you explain that and then i'll get into like some of our other you know ways of using cannabis from our you know i'm i told you already you have to use perfume and everything just to use cannabis change of clothes and everything just to use cannabis so (laughs) you know let's talk about it from the the different ways because now we all have the power to make a change in our own perceptions of yeah and we all do have different perceptions of what it was like to and what other people think about us well one one of my intelligences if i have them is um i think that i follow occam's razor um so that appears to be really smart what actually is just easy um but you know the law of parsimony or occam's razor basically says take the easiest solution all right so in my mind i'm not going to wake up and take 79 supplements like a great amazing my father uh you know takes 100 million supplements my mother took 100 million supplements ray kurtzwill takes 100 million supplements i I mean there's a lot of intelligent people in the world that take 100 million supplements um last week the girl uh, she had 900 pills a month and they weren't supplements; those were drugs. Drugs, okay. You know, so people people will pop things Let's in their think mouth. About what's right? But easiest. people like to take things. All right. Mm-hmm. The, the point of the matter is, the law of parsimony says to me, "All right, why take all that stuff? Um, take what is only important." All right. Now, someone's going to say, "Well, gee, vitamin C is important." Yeah, but you're going to get that in other things that you're eating, unless you're marooned on an island with no fruit. I mean, literally, you're going to get your vitamin C from your normal food. So, the law of parsimony is basically, let's think of the word supplement. It means add. Okay, anything that I need. All right, in supplement form, I'll take every day if I absolutely, positively need it then I'll take it every day, all right, that I can't get from my regular stuff. So water, no, I don't need to supplement water because I drink water as a matter of course. I have water and moisture in a lot of things I eat and drink. I mean, no, I don't have to go on a program of supplementing water because I get plenty or protein or anything unless I'm under a particular stress of needing it for the gym or something like that. So I'm going to go through it all. Law of parsimony says only one thing. Mm-hmm. Cannabinoids. I can't get it from anything else. Yeah, a minor, minor amount from hops if I drank a ton shit of beer, okay? Or maybe a, a little, little bit from echinacea if I decided I needed it for the spring, uh, you know, like cough season or something but like that. But why go through the smell? But why go through all, all that all stuff? That. Just take cannabinoids. Law of parsimony says the only thing I need to supplement is cannabinoids. So that's where I'm starting. I, my intelligence says 
I don't need vitamins and minerals and this and that and the other thing right now in my life. I need cannabinoids, so I'm going to take them every day. All right, and I do take them every day. I take them in the form of CBD, CBG, CBN, um, you know, all sorts of full spectrum things that are loading in, you know, with the plant. And I also take a ton of Delta Eight. Okay, and why do I take that now, guys? You know. Because I had my ass kicked. Yeah. an injury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I fell down, all right, recently. And I was a victim of the same process that a lot of people out there in the world have. You know, they believe they can multitask, that they can walk and talk on the phone and navigate, you know, like obstacles in their environment all at once. And I was on the phone with Steve Whitney and um, the horror producer. (laughs) <laughs> the producer and director of uh, Amityville Horror Amityville. and other top, you know, top grossing horror films. I'm on the phone with him, and Sadie was in the general environment at the time, and Ari was in France at the time, <laughs> and I literally fell down. It, but it was a dramatic fall, and the fall was loud <laughs> and and crazy. And Ari might have heard it in France. <laughs> But Steve Whitney has since literally said, quote unquote, Ari, what did he say on the phone? Literally to oh, you guys. He said that the sound of the fall still haunts him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you have a horror producer saying, my injury sound haunts him. Well, the upstart of the injury was I ripped both biceps off my <laughs> bones as well as tearing a whole bunch of other muscles. Um, I broke over 24 bones, you know, shoulder replacements and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it it was a horrific right side, (laughs) you know, crushing set of injuries, all right? Um, When the doctor saw me, they gave me, of course, to go home, uh, a very large amount of opiates, more than, I mean, a shockingly high amount of opiates. And I thought to myself, wow, (laughs) my prognosis isn't good. (laughs) because no one gives out that amount of opiates these days. I mean, it was crazy. It was literally five times what I would have expected at the high end. And they sent me home. And I I knew I needed a lot of time to have swelling go down and lack of movement and other things before surgeries and this and the other thing. So, you know, all the bones from nails falling off. I'm like, I mean, it's just terrible. (laughs) But in any event, um, concussions and uh, just horrible. You've come such a long way. But the whole thing was only made possible due to Delta 8. I wasn't on opiates during the time. I have a practically <laughs> full bottle left because I just didn't need them. And if I didn't need them today, I can do things, I think, you know, like type and stuff that I, I, I you know, I don't think I'm supposed to be able to do. Um, I know I'm not supposed to be able to do, yet yet I'm doing them. But, you know, yet during that whole process, although it was extraordinarily painful at the start, Delta 8, it didn't eliminate the pain. I'm not going to lie to anybody. I wasn't, I didn't take Delta 8 and say, oh, gosh, I feel so good. You know what, it changed your mood. (laughs) But opiates wouldn't eliminate the pain either. Right, Delta 8 changed I would say that Delta 8 did the same deadening effect on the pain as the opiates. What the opiates didn't do that Delta 8 did is the opiates made me understand that the pain was still there and it was important. Delta 8, I didn't care as much anymore. I just felt good. You know what I mean? Like I had cartoon characters popping around in my head (laughs) and stuff. I still hurt, don't get me wrong. But the time was easier to pass. 
TV was a little more interesting. All right. My brain was a little more alive with thoughts than it might have been on, you know, simply on the pain or the opiates or or any of the depressive types of things that you might take. I mean, I was considering even taking, you know, other than opiates, I, I might take a couple shots, <laughs> you know, <laughs> alcohol to deaden the pain. You know, what I mean, you know, but that's what people do in their home. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if, if they don't, if they don't have sense to stop ways. themselves, and then a little bit turns into a lot, and then you go down the hill of of nine hundred pills. All right, which is sad. I mean, it really is when you don't need those nine hundred pills. Again, go back to what you need in supplement form. Certainly not nine hundred opiates to live. You need, but you you could use. All right. The proper amount of cannabinoids, not necessarily 900 unless they're awful small doses. So those of you that are listening, what we want to encourage you to do is to start documenting your food intake. Just start to look at how you're fueling your body. And if you have any questions about which cannabinoids you should be taking, please go ahead to arisha.life and use the chat button to ask us a question because we do want to help you improve and address areas in your life that you may be lacking and want proper supplementation. And one last point. When Philly streets open, go down and support Tracy because she is literally one of the OGs that, that, that suffered suffered felony abuse abusive felony charges against her for selling a vitamin supplement the day or no for possessing a, a legitimate vitamin supplement the day after it was turned into a scheduled drug in the refrigerator of her home that was a bottle that she used three years ago and she lost her ability to be a principal in to work in education exactly. to do it. she her story is one of the OG stories. It's not about cannabis. You'll love. But the world isn't about cannabis. It's about our culture. It's about our ability to be ourselves, to use the things that we choose to use for our benefit, whether they're things that are guided by my Occam's razor like cannabinoids or your belief in neuro neurogenesis with, with mushrooms or someone else's belief in something else with something else. As long as it's not knowingly harming us and as long as it's not hurting anyone else, then we ought to be able to make up our own darn minds. And the government whether it be a county, a city, a state, or a federal government, or some world government slash Google, should not literally be allowed to tell us what we're allowed to talk about and what we're not allowed to talk about because how can we ever have a dialogue about cannabis if we can't talk about it in the bank we can't talk about it in a federal building. We can't talk about it online because of Google and Amazon and everybody else. We can't talk about it in education. So how the heck can we ever learn to talk about cannabis in the right way? So you know what? People like Tracy, she's the bomb because yeah. she definitely paid the price to allow you to walk in and buy a bong or buy some kratom or kratom, right. or if you will, whatever you want to call it, or or someday buy some mushrooms, or someday if if lightning strikes the planet Zorba 
and suddenly we benefit from it that you could commoditize cannabis in some way and benefit from it the way we need to as living, breathing human beings. <laughs> you know, this is what we're working towards. Go Arisha! That's right! And Philly Streets 848, that is the IG handle to get right in contact. Um, Philly Streets is so important to us. And Tracy Mazzagatti, she is part of our family. Love you, mean it, swear it. You'll see that slogan all over Philly as well because it's really important to us. What she's doing for the community and the hashtag that she's chosen besides Reteach the Streets is also hashtag Heal the hood. And her son um, has been battling an opiate addiction. This is a constant. He's going to be continuing to fight and continuing to get strong. And you'll be able to witness his recovery. This is truly a family business. We really want to just open our hearts to you and let you hear our stories. And go back and listen to some of those previous podcasts and follow along daily now in the current and really be part of our community. You can go visit the stores and it's a center. It's not just a store. It's an open place where you can come as you are, you can learn. You can go sit on our death row chair or electric chair for a Suge night and really, you know, be part of the community. There's merch, posters, t-shirts, stickers, glassware, all of the products, the smokables, things for lovers, Arisha CBD, Culture, all of our brands. Yes, and go check out our Arisha Land Grassroots podcast where you hear us interviewing Tracy Mazzagatti. Listen to her story, <laughs> listen to her talk, and by the way, go visit her shop. Opening this week. Philly Streets. So hurrah to Tracy. Hurrah to Arisha, who following up on her noble lead. And hurrah it. to all of you out there who are joining the ranks of wonderfully intended people like Arisha, who are doing meaningful things in cannabis and other cultural places. Thank you all for doing that. As a guy who isn't going to be around to see how this works out for everyone... You know, I'll tell you what, the next hundred years, go get them. You're going to be around. Let's go now. Let's go. We do have coming up, our next door on the horizon is Harlem Streets, um, New York. This is paying homage to my home state as well. So Ooh. let's go. And We're continuing. Brooklyn's next. Oh, and, and then, then LA Streets. LA Streets and then Florida Streets. <laughs> and we have some really huge, amazing things we're doing right here in Las Vegas for my girl right here, Ari Avarisha, hey. with the Las Vegas class. We're doing some amazing things. So, guys, please continue to love and support us and share this message and ask, how can you be more involved? This is all for you. It's all for us.
Deja vu. Deja vu. 